Welcome to another edition of the Firmware Update. We're back despite what God has thrown at me. I am one of your <laughs> hosts, Malcolm Spinetti, and joining me on episode 226 is, of course, Joe Garcia. Joe, how the hell are you doing? I am actually doing pretty well, Malcolm, all things considered here. Uh, let's see. Uh, this past Tuesday was two weeks since my second vaccination, so I'm all the way immunized. So if anybody wants to come over and spit in my mouth, I dare you to come and do that. Uh, <laughs> as a man who's also had two shots, uh, I would recommend uh, not doing that. <laughs> uh, let's see, and, and I finally got another job. I'm, I'm finally re- rejoined the workforce. Excellent, my man. Yeah, so things are... All right, coming up Millhouse over here, as they say. Um, it's just a little tricky getting used to uh, <laughs> and to maintain a sleep schedule again uh, after, what is that, 14 months <laughs> unemployed? Mm. <laughs> uh, man, what's that about, having to get up at a certain time and, and go to a certain place to in order to pay bills and survive and shit? Who's the who's scam artist who came up with that? Uh, Fuck that. I can tell you, it's... Not having to do that just throw you off a little bit. Like, I woke up at 9 a.m. today, and that felt so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually up at, like, 7, 7 o'clock in that range. But, yeah, but yeah it's like, oh, okay, uh, you got nothing to do, so go ahead and sleep. <laughs> but, man, yeah, it's like, whew, after after over a year of just basically doing whatever, whenever I want, it's like, oh, right, responsibilities. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Uh, indeed. And, uh, Joe, you played significantly more games than I have in this uh, time period. So let's start with you. Uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, well, the game I've been playing the most, uh, by a pretty wide margin since it came out has been, uh, MLB The Show 21, uh, which, you know, isn't usually a huge deal. Um, you know, it's an annual sports franchise, so it usually goes under the radar. Uh, when it comes out, but this one is interesting because this is the first one to come out as a multi-platform release. You know, this game is developed by Sony San Diego. Um, it's published by Sony on PlayStation, but it is out on Xbox. I, I don't know if people remember. Uh, towards the end of 2019, they they announced that the game was going multi-platform uh, in the near future, and MLB 20 was the last one to come out exclusively on PlayStation, but. Uh, yeah, for MLB 21, it's out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and the new Xbox Series consoles. Uh, and the crazier, the even crazier thing is that the game is out on Game Pass <laughs> on uh, on Xbox as well. So if you've got a Game Pass subscription, it's available to you at no extra cost um, for either version of the game, the Xbox One or the or the next gen version. And yeah, that's wild. Uh, just from a business standpoint, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, like I, I expected it to like, it's not so crazy that it's on Xbox, you know, cause I figure major league baseball eventually got to Sony. It's like, all right, this is, these games are really good and all, but we're leaving a lot of money on the table by not putting it on Xbox as well. So go ahead and do that for us, please. <laughs> um, but the crazy thing is that on Xbox, it seems like major league baseball themselves are the publishers, uh, of the game. Because if you go to the store page, it, it's that's what it says um, under the <laughs> under the publisher. It's MLB. Um, so I wonder if that if they kind of went around Sony to put the game on Game Pass, uh, which would be really f- 
fucking weird thing to happen <laughs> happen because uh, otherwise if you want to play it on playstation you know it's a 60 dollars game on ps4 70 dollars uh on ps5 um but yeah that's i don't know it's just a really weird situation launching an xbox game and then getting two separate playstation logos uh uh before you get to the game, you know, it does that, the, the usual, you know, Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment presents and then the big PlayStation Studios splash. It's funny stuff. But yeah, anyway, the game itself, though, the game itself is real good. Um, that's no surprise. That game has been good pretty much since they started putting it out on PS3, uh, probably with the 07 edition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been over a decade of just really good baseball. <laughs> um and, you know, they've included a new way to pitch as well. Uh, they call it pinpoint pitching. And it's fine, you know. But, like, every other way that every other way to, to pitch and bet that they've ever introduced is all included. So whatever you're comfortable with, whether you want to try out the new stuff or, you know, how you already would like to play, um, you know, they've opened it up to the difficulties as well so that, like, more casual pe- people can just, you know, jump in and play a game without feeling overwhelmed. Um, it's good stuff. Um, and, you know, the, the kind of the... The centerpiece of the game has been like the road to the show mode for for quite a while at this point, where you know you you, you create a player uh, and you develop them from you know the from a minor league talent and you try to get them into the into the majors, uh, and you know it's it's kind of been like this little RPG basically for for a few years, and that's as satisfying as it's ever been. Uh, and this year's edition even lets you come up as a two way player as well. Uh, meaning that you can come up as a player that can pitch and hit and play the field, um, which is uh, something that's happening right now with a real dude. Uh, his name is Shohei Itani, and he's like one of the most exciting player in baseball because like every few days he'll pitch and throw 100-mile-an-hour fucking fastballs, and then in the same game he'll turn around and hit a fucking 450-foot home run. <laughs> it's, like, God, it's like, God damn, this guy's fucking cool <laughs> uh so you can develop your player into someone like that uh if you like as well and um yeah like they there's also what they call the diamond dynasty mode which is pretty similar to what other sports games have uh with like the madden's like ultimate team or fifa ultimate team like i don't know if you're familiar with those modes malcolm i am not no uh, yeah so basically you just open like card packs you know of random players and stuff and you build a team that way basically like baseball Uh. cards or whatever um and there's a bigger focus on that mode um and you can even put uh your creative player uh on your team if you'd like and you can kind of boost their development that way um and yeah like it like like these modes are, are a lot of fun, but the the few, first couple of weeks of the game have been a little rocky because a lot of the stuff is a little bit more tied to the network uh, than in previous years, uh, and I don't know if it's just the increased traffic from having an entirely new player base uh, introduced to the game on top of the fact that it's on Game Pass, so a ton of people are playing it on, on Xbox as well. But like the servers have been pretty rocky for for a little while since the game launched almost a month ago. Uh, you know, a lot of random disconnects. Like last weekend, I got home from work. I was like, cool, let me, it was like a Saturday night. I was like, cool, let me, let me, <laughs> let me wind down with some baseball. And like the game just disconnected like at, I don't know, like 6 p.m. my time. And Ooh. like, I was like, okay, it's just a disconnect. But then I tried to re-enter just to see what's going on. It's like, oh yes, we're, we're just 
undergoing some scheduled maintenance. Maintenance. I was like, scheduled maintenance? Like on a Saturday night? <laughs> like when you're presumably like the busiest that the game is going to be? It's like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, and, you know, that prevents you from playing that Diamond Dynasty mode altogether, even if you play, even if you want to play the single player stuff against the computer. Um, and, you know, a lot of your player's development, like that, like I said, is kind of tied to that mode. Um, like, you can still play that Road to the Show mode, but your player won't be as developed. So it's like, it really kneecaps the game when, when it's so tied to the servers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when the servers are working, though, you know, bouncing between those two modes uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, collecting higher player levels for your team and whatnot and turning your player into a powerhouse. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I've probably got, like, 35 hours into each mode uh, just going back and forth. And, yeah, it's, it's a great game. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It's just, you know, I, I just hope they get their shit together server-wise server because, uh, like, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the Twitter uh, posts for the, for the game on their official account is basically, oh, we've got scheduled maintenance for, for tomorrow morning. <laughs> and it's, like, literally every day that they have to post something like that. Now, just out of curiosity, uh, with uh, the show here, mm -hmm. is this like a situation with uh, NBA 2K where this game more or less has a monopoly on baseball, or do other uh, companies do baseball games as well? Um, this, I mean, yeah, baseball is a little trickier. Not, it's not quite like NBA because they're, like, I don't know if you remember RBA Baseball from back in the day, Malcolm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, MLB revived that series, and they, they actually developed and published that game on their own. And that's been available to Xbox players and Switch players uh, pretty much since they revived that series a few years ago. But, you know, that's a very different experience. Like, MLB The Show is, is more of a simulation, you know, like more, more, a more realistic version. Uh, whereas, you know, RBA Baseball, you know, it's RBA Baseball. You, you know what you're getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that was pretty much the only other option for for playing baseball on Xbox, basically, because um, yeah, like they they used to put out Two K used to put out you know an MLB game, uh, and for a while it was the premier game for a lot of people. But at some point, around Two K eleven, I think about ten years ago, like it really fucking went down the shitter uh, to the point where it's like they. We're like, okay, we're just not going to bother with baseball anymore because we have no fucking idea. Uh, and, you know, they, then Sony signed an exclusive contract after that. Um, and I think since, like, that will be probably, like, 14, I think they've been exclusive on PlayStation. Hmm. So, good number of years. Until today where they spat it in Sony's face. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, losers. Get out of here. <laughs> you don't need shit. God, and what's annoying too is that, you know, looking at the at their Twitter page or whatever, trying to figure out what's going on with the servers at any given time, like in the replies, it's just Xbox players and PlayStation players blaming each other for the network fucking being down. <laughs> it's like, you're all stupid. <laughs> is it like that meme with uh, the two Spider-Man pointing at each other? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Like actually, the game is very popular on both platforms. It's everyone's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. That's what I was kind of curious about because I know you love this franchise. Like you've been talking about it for. It feels like the entirety of the life of the show. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I remember, 
uh, MLB 12, I believe. That one came out on PS3 and Vita <laughs> and had cross-play support, so you could uh, upload your player's progress to the cloud, you know, download it onto your Vita, level them up on your commute to work and head back home, and then upload it back to the cloud and, and pick up where you left off, basically, on the PS3. It was awesome. Nice. Now, I don't know if you keep up with uh, any of the news surrounding FIFA. Mm. But uh, uh, a lot of controversy with that game this year, especially as they've pretty much come out and said that, yeah, it's literally just the same game as last year. Like literally, <laughs> <laughs> we're still going to charge you the full price for it, but it's right. the same game. <laughs> uh, now, out of curiosity, uh, with this this one this year, does the show do a good job as far as like? doing updates or making changes to it so that you know you sort the justification to granted you got it on game pass but like justification for buying the game is there do you think or is this or is this sort of just like a few like with a little bit of sprinkles of newness on this year's version how would you how would you categorize it um no i mean they added some new stuff like i said there's um the new pitching mechanics are, are nice uh they're pretty accurate. I think a lot of people are gravitating towards that. Um, there's there's a battle royale mode <laughs> in the game. What? It's, 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 uh, I mean, it's not quite. It's not. It's, it's weird. It's uh, you basically draft a team. Uh, you know, Ken like, Griffey Jr.'s got a sub machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that'd be amazing. It's not that. Um, you, ba- <laughs> you basically just go into a pool of players and you, you get matched up randomly with each other. Um, and you, 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 you draft a team for each round that you play, basically. Um, so you don't, you, you don't bring in the team that you've built yourself. Um, they just say, all right, you pick a couple of diamond level players, pick a couple of gold level players, uh, out of this random pool and see how everybody does. And yeah, that's basically how, and then you just get matched up randomly, see how far you can go before losing a game. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so Ken Griffey Jr. does not get a submachine gun uh unfortunately that would have been <laughs> i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to suggest that to, to sony san yeah. diego suddenly i want to see ba- a uh, battle royale movie with nothing but mlb player <laughs> 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 oh, good. now something you mentioned about like opening cards and uh, collecting players and whatnot yeah. uh i have to ask the question is there a lot of uh in-game purchases uh Anything egregious like we've been hearing and seeing with the 2K games or anything like that? Um, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, the, the currency in the game, it's called stubs, um, but the game mm. is pretty generous with giving them to you. It's if it's only if you want, and, you know, use that to buy card packs. Um, you can also, like, sell uh, players that you don't want or that, you know, are redundant to you or whatever um, on the marketplace, and people can pay you stubs for that. Um so, I mean, but for the most part, the game is pretty generous with giving you stubs and, and giving you players um, that you can just earn for free, basically, just by playing, uh, like, the moments that they set up. Like, what they have, like, every week during the MLB season, like, the next week, they're like, hey, so here's what happened this past week. Uh, recreate these moments, and we'll give you a special version of that player's card uh, with their stats juiced up for that moment during the week or whatever. So, like... A, a pitcher on the White Sox a couple of weeks ago pitched a no hitter, um, so the game 
in the road to, or not the road to the show mode, the Diamond Dynasty mode. It's like, all right, go pitch the last two innings of that game uh, without giving up a hit. And it's like, yeah, and you can earn that player's card. Um, and like his stats are basically adjusted to what they would be on a night where he gives up zero hits. So it's like, oh, yes, like this is an amazing version of this player and you can add him to your team now. Um, and, you know, you don't have to pay for that. You just have to put in the time to to complete all the moments and, and be able to pick up that card for free. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, no. so like... I don't know if... Oh, go so, ahead, sorry. So, like, the stubs are basically just if you want to buy a bunch of card packs at once. Uh, and, yeah, like but like like I said, playing through the game, like, you, you earn card packs and, and stubs pretty frequently. So, like, it's only if you really want to buy, like, 150 card packs at once for some reason. I was just going to say, I, I don't know if you keep up with uh, the news on 2K and uh, how they're handling, uh, the, you know, in-game purchases and whatnot. But you know the whole uh, concern about how uh, the uh, randomized stuff is more or less gambling? Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw this year's uh, NBA 2K, but to counter that argument that, it, that it's uh, gambling, they took the whole process of getting these characters and had the purchases done in a literal casino. <laughs> like, you'll spin the roulette wheel, hoping you'll land right. on a Jordan or something like that, or you'll spin the slot machine. It It's actually pretty freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to hear that it sounds like this is not the case. With No, the, no, it, they've never been that egregious with it. <laughs> <laughs> Only semi-egregious, but not that. <laughs> uh, and... So what? So, anything else you you wanted to say on the game? Like th- this is a pretty beloved franchise, but and by like uh, what makes uh, this entry? I feel like you've already said it, but so forgive me if you have. But uh, what what is it about the franchise that versus other franchises that has you coming back over and over again? Especially putting in as many hours. I believe you said like seventy nine hours. You've popped into this before we started the show something like that um yeah i mean for me it's always been the that road to the show mode of you know putting up your player you know from double a ball you know playing for the tennessee smokies <laughs> and making your way up to, to to the cubs at the mlb level uh and then just developing them into someone that bats at the bottom of the lineup to being the heart of the lineup uh and putting up you know like years like the career, like for for years and years, and and hopefully getting them to a Hall of Fame level or whatever. And it's 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 always been a lot of fun to, to, to to do that with your player. Um, and you know, this year being able to do that the, the two way player business where you can be a pitcher slash hitter at the same time, uh, as opposed to you know having to create two different players, one pitcher and one batter. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. Like the nice. game, like they even created like fake talking head segments for the game, like using actual like MLB Network hosts, uh, like of, like tracking your player's development. Like, oh, I don't know if this two way business is gonna work out for him or whatever. And then as your player develops, it's like, hey, this, he's actually doing a pretty good job. What do you think, Ken Griffey Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, it's Ken Griffey Jr. talking about my fake player. <laughs> <laughs> it's compelling stuff. Excellent. Now, is it weird playing the show with an Xbox controller? Out of curiosity. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's baseball is a pretty slow, steady game, so it's not like you know, it's 
like the the difficulty is you know pitching you know just manipulating the meter like i use the the meter to pitch so it's just the three button press one to start one to set the power and then another to set the accuracy kind of like setting up a shot in like hot shots golf or something um and then hitting is basically just you know point the analog stick in the general direction where the pitch is going to land and timing the button press you know it's like it's not a you know it's not like you're playing a fighting game or something crazy like that all right anything else you you wanted to say in closing on this one there bud um no just uh to go ahead and check it out uh because it's it's a good time if you if you love baseball as much as i do uh can't go wrong with mlb the show all right all right what's next up for you there bud Let's see. I also played Outriders because that's also on Game Pass. That came out day one as well. Uh, that was at the beginning of last month, uh, on April first, I believe. And um, yeah, that's that's another looter shooter, as they like to call them. Um, it's created by people who can fly, who created uh, Bulletstorm. Um, I believe they did Gears of War Judgment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that game is. Uh, that game is pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, a, a, like you played a little bit of the demo and you talked about that uh, on the last show a couple months ago. Yeah, I played through the demo. Yeah. And uh, I, I did like what I, what I was seeing here. Uh, I was hearing a lot of stuff about glitches and whatnot, especially it would turn out to be at launch as well. So that concerned me a, quite a bit. <laughs> but uh, I did like what I, I was playing like the plot feels like something that came out of an 80s sci-fi movie (laughs) or 80s action movie where you're you're essentially john rambo mclean and what whatever and uh you get set like (laughs) the plot is weird yeah i mean having just played uh mass effect andromeda uh right before that demo came out and hearing you describe the story um which is you know you know, a bunch of settlers leave Earth for because, you know, the planet's dying, basically. And I don't know if they go to a different galaxy or a different solar system exactly what it is. But, um, you know, the point is they get there and, you know, they get more than they bargained for <laughs> upon arrival. It's like, wow, this isn't the, the beautiful utopia that we hoped it was going to be. Uh, and, yeah, shit goes sideways pretty much immediately. Uh, and your yeah. your character, like, re-enters Cryo uh after after a bunch of stuff happens and then like 30 years later wakes up from that uh and shit's even more out of pocket <laughs> than it was before uh they went into cryo um and yeah yeah that stuff is pretty similar to to what happens in mass effect andromeda you know like oh the settlers leave for the andromeda galaxy uh travel for 600 years in cryo and then wake up and it's like oh right all our <laughs> all our projections are 600 years out of date <laughs> and they weren't that accurate to begin with. So it's like, Oh, great. Um, so I found a lot of similarity between the two games in that, but the difference is that the voice acting in, in Outriders is, uh, much worse. It is a lot of that corny eighties dialogue, basically that you were alluding to, uh, when you were talking about it just now. Um, and a lot of it feels very, like me. Like me, I played the game uh, co-op because you can play the game solo or co-op. Um, but it's only your player that shows up in uh, in cutscenes and whatnot. Uh, 
like your your two teammates will see their character and you'll see yours, but you won't all see each other at the same time uh, in cutscenes. But yeah, I, we ended up skipping a lot of the stuff because it was just so brutal. <laughs> Sadly, no fuck fuck sticks to be had in this no. one. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, like that demo uh, covers basically the, the entire prologue of the game. Um, like I played the prologue on, on the, my PS5 uh, before they announced that the game was going to be on, on Game Pass. I was like, well, I guess I'm... <laughs> like, I'm not playing the demo again. <laughs> so, so I just downloaded the game and had to do the exact same thing again uh, just on the Xbox. But, uh, yeah, you know, we've got different character classes. Which which one did you pick again for, for when you were playing the demo? When I did the demo, I was the Pyromancer. Uh, yeah, so was I. I ended up picking that that as well and that that character class is a lot of fun because uh, you know the game kind of rewards you and, and encourages you know running gun tactics as opposed to hiding behind cover um, mm. and like that's you know activating your character powers and, and kind of killing enemies quickly is is actually the most effective way to regain your health yeah typically in games like this you can regain your health just by like running away and hiding heading under cover and eventually if you don't take a, any hits during this time your health will regenerate and you can get back in there uh not so if you do that you're dead so right. like the way to regain health is pretty much just go in and kill people <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and you know it's and it's a fun pretty fun gameplay loop uh, also, like the like like the powers are, are a lot of fun to, to use, uh, so you know like I've and they they recharge quickly enough, so it's it's not like you're like have to time them time them like super perfectly uh, and hope that you manage to kill people um, because you've got you know you, you can activate three different powers um, or you can set three different powers at once uh, and they all recharge pretty quickly, so like you can you can lay waste to a lot of pretty a lot of different dudes pretty quickly uh if you know what you're doing um and i don't know if destiny's like this because I, I i admittedly don't play a lot of destiny but like this game has what they call a world tier so like like your character will level obviously but the the world can basically level up as well to offer like higher difficulties and better rewards um uh, from like and you can set it to whatever you want but like most people end up, you know, like leveling the world tier as they level up their character, um, but it quickly reaches a point where you know playing solo kind of becomes impossible <laughs> uh, if you set the world tier too high. Um, but like I said, I was able to play with a couple of friends, um, so like even with the world tier pre set pretty high, uh, you know, the three of us grinding through together is pretty fun. If you know, if you have a couple of other people that are are decent at the game and uh yeah man it's 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 a pretty it's a good time it's a good time i was i was i was very happy to play through it uh yeah i can tell you for destiny 2 there is no so in select things like i know they're gonna do a raid where you can pick how difficult it is in a moment but for the most part the world sort of levels up with you like uh, there's what's called a light level and whatever it is for the season is typically what it is. But a lot of the time it'll level up to be so it's a challenge to some measure for you. You don't really have yeah. a selection on there. But I do remember remember that. And I was 
in the demo. I was actually the demo is I'll give it credit where it's due. Like it really holds nothing back. You're essentially playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> up, up until it's like okay, if you want to go any further, just buy the goddamn game at this point. But <laughs> you can literally like chill in those areas and just keep increasing it. And they're kind enough to let you bring your character over if you decide you do want to buy yeah. the games, which is always good. So. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, one of the good things uh, with the game is literally uh, is when, of course, when you find a good gun, like yes. when you get that good gun, it's like, oh, it's it's all you're like Kronk. It's all coming together now. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have any fun experience with any kinds of guns? Were you able to find a favorite? Um, well, uh, the, 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 the crazy thing is that during like the main kind of like story. Uh, missions like you you're you're finding guns like constantly um so it's hard to like grow attached to any one gun um until you get to the end game basically um where you know you can enter the end game area and get like the actual really good loot that you'll actually bother to to upgrade because you can upgrade like you have a bunch of different currencies that upgrade like your armor your weapons but you know you're swapping that stuff out like basically every every 10 minutes because you're constantly picking stuff up uh, and it's not really till the end game where you can find like an actual armor set or like an actual gun that you really like um, with with the right mods and whatnot. They that are actually worth leveling up. But yeah, like at the, towards the end, like I had a gun that like also dropped down lightning on people <laughs> randomly. Oh, it's like yeah, so it's like it's like you can really fuck people up uh, with some of the cooler weapons uh, towards the end. Um, yeah, it's it's uh yeah it's they people can fly they 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 know what they're doing over there in terms of making the ga- the shooting games that that feel good and whatnot. We we were discussing this a little off the show. One of the reasons that I held off is I kept hearing uh you know instances of the servers not working correctly and whatnot. But yeah. something I, I've come to realize that a lot of the reviewers I follow are PC master racers. Mm. Which is fine, which, you know, if you like the PC, you know, follow your dream. But uh, I have to say with the PC, the one thing I've noticed consistently over the years is that if there's problems to be had, you're going to experience them all on PC. (laughs) (laughs) So that first so that first couple of months, if not year, is going to be pretty is going to be pretty bad. Now, once everything, all the kinks are worked out, then hooray, you've got full fidelity or whatever. But uh, I come to realize that not a lot of people I, that a lot of the people I follow, if they're going to be playing it somewhere, it's going to be PC. Now, out of curiosity, did you notice a lot of the problems that they were talking about with connections or being inadvertently dropped out of the world or anything like that when you were playing? Yeah, that first week was pretty rough. Um, hmm. And I think a lot of that had to do with basically the same problem MLB came into is like, oh, we put this anticipated game on game pass (laughs) so a bunch of people are are going to be playing it uh for basically no additional cost to them uh so like the player base is probably a little bit more inflated than they anticipated uh before because they they didn't announce that it was going to be on game pass until like two weeks before the game was out uh so yeah like i don't know like i don't know if it was just a last minute business deal (laughs) that square enix made with with microsoft and they just didn't have the time to, to kind of shore up their network. But that first week was a lot of uh, 
a lot of times the game would just drop. Like my 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 friends would be the one inviting us to play, and like he would disconnect, which means that we would disconnect. <laughs> it's like, well, mm. all right, back to the menu. Um, or even just initially starting the game, you know, you get to the title screen, uh, you press A to start or whatever, and then it takes thirty seconds from there <laughs> to to actually get to the to the main menu before you can go into the lobby. Um, but that was only the first few days uh, in terms of network con- connectivity. Um, we probably, we probably played the game for about two and a half weeks, um, so it was only the first few days that were kind of rough. Um, but they they resolved them pretty quickly. Now, just out of curiosity, like you you mentioned that the acting is not great in this nope. game. <laughs> now, one of my favorite uh, side missions from the uh, from the demo was like literally you're in, for lack of a better word, town, and uh, a door highlights, and I, you know, click on it. You go in, and this uh, this uh, shopkeeper that looks like has like the full gray beard, and he comes and says, "Oh, welcome to the store. I'm going to show you some good stuff." And your character's like, "Okay, awesome." Mm-hmm. Then out of left field, a hooligan runs in. It's like you're late on your payments, and just shoots the guy. <laughs> <laughs> And your character is now pissed off. Like, what the hell? He was going to show me some good stuff. And they're like, well, I was just following orders. And your character just finds out where the guy who ordered the hit is, shoots the messenger, <laughs> <laughs> then goes over. Now, I, I feel like I don't do the scene justice, but the acting is terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Now, does it get worse from there or does it keep at that level would you say no it basically keeps at that level with that you know energy (laughs) (laughs) where people are just fucking being off of each other and they you know at at the drop of a hat with no real motivation (laughs) to to do otherwise um you know and, and you know it's it's funny like it's fun you know in doses but you know over the course of uh i don't know like a a 10 hour campaign you know, it gets pretty tiresome <laughs> pretty quickly. So we, we skipped a lot of cutscenes, like I said, just to kind of get on <laughs> with the actual fun parts. All right. As it is right now, would you say it's worth the fifty nine ninety nine, or would you say hold off for a sale? I might hold off for a sale because, um, like I said, if you don't have a couple of people that you can play with, you know, especially for the end game stuff or like the post game stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's you know like eh, for for sixty bucks, I don't know, but you no, know, if if it comes on sale for like forty, like I'll, I'll jump, I'll say it's definitely worth that much. Um, and if you're on Xbox and you've got Game Pass, you've got nothing to lose anyway, so you can just may as well check it out if you have that. Oh, there um, you go. But um, yeah, like for like as an actual product to buy separately, um, I don't know, sixty dollars, I probably wouldn't jump on it there. All right, anything yet wanted to add in. Cl- at uh in closing with uh outriders um no i think i think that pretty much covers it all right so moving on did you want to discuss avengers yes yes i did all right and this one i can actually jump in a little bit too because i did purchase it it did eventually go on sale for i think i bought it for like 23 dollars or something around there all right, and I'm guessing Joe, you've probably played more of it than I have here. But uh, yeah. yeah, so what's your experience with the game here so far? Um, my experience is that it's 
pretty good. <laughs> um, like I bought it for, I bought it like on a GameFly sale, like around like Black Friday last year, um, for like fifteen bucks. Nice. And uh, I just kind of held off on it because you know they announced that they were making a, an upgraded version, you know, a free upgrade for PS5 and Xbox Series X or whatever. Um, so I kind of just sat on it until they finally <laughs> put out that update in March, I believe. Mm. Um, and, you know, the upgrade is, is nice. The game looks really good uh, on PS5, uh, which is where I played it. Uh, you know, you've got your options for either the, the 30 frames with, like, the fancier, <laughs> like, fidelity graphics or the 60 frames. Um, like, I opted for the 60 frames because, you know, I like... I'm, I'm about those frames now. <laughs> now that we've got consoles that can put out 60 frames uh, consistently, um, but the story itself is is what I what I you know bought the game for, uh, and I think the single player story is is extremely well done. Um, you know the game focuses on uh, Kamala Khan, uh, who goes to meet goes to hang out on on A Day or whatever Avengers Day. Uh, and, you know, she starts out as probably like this, I don't know, like 10 or 11-year-old kid. Uh, and she gets to meet some of the Avengers, and she's all starstruck. And it's really, really cute. <laughs> like, really, really endearing stuff, the way that she interacts with, like, Thor, uh, Captain America. Uh, just really fun stuff. Um, but, of course, you know, disaster strikes on A-Day. Uh, and the Avengers are, are, are both disgraced and disbanded <laughs> in pretty short order. Uh, with AIM taking over kind of like as a large-scale PMC slash security force. Uh, they kind of set up shop pretty much all over the country, which is a pretty extreme reaction to something happening in what city. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> uh, I, it, it is still amazing to me how many times you see these superhero movies and they love the superheroes or those, uh, whenever they save the day. Then one time they can't... They, <laughs> can't do it and all of a sudden they're like oh the, well they need to be disbanded like come on man <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and uh what happens on a day is uh some you know some superhero gobbledygook happens with some energy <laughs> uh there's and the energy kind of uh kind of the blast radius from that energy kind of gives people uh in the area like powers um uh, you know and, and you know they become inhumans uh and that includes uh, Kamala, and you know she's she's back in uh, in Jersey City uh, near Manhattan where she lives, uh, and she's kind of you know messing around with her powers and whatnot. But you know, Aim is kind of done this thing where it's like, all right, like the humans are dangerous, so we've got to round them up, uh, and uh, let's say try to find a cure for them, quote-unquote, <laughs> whatever. But they're basically just rounding them up and, uh, you know, killing them, basically. Yeah, eventually Kamala hears about, like, a resistance force all the way in Utah. So she, like, sneaks out uh, and heads over there. Uh, and she finds, like, a... She finds the helicarrier just kind of, like, dead in the desert. And that's where she meets Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And she takes it upon herself to, to use the powers that she gained to, to reassemble the Avengers and push out uh, AIM once and for all. Um, and, you know, that's basically the setup for the story. And, you know, using her as kind of like the fulcrum for, for the story is, I think, both really smart um, and just incredibly effective. Because, you know, uh, Kamala Khan is, is 
pretty quickly, she's kind of she's kind of shot up in in terms of popularity, both in that she's suddenly going to have like a Disney Plus show. Uh, she's going to be in the the Captain Marvel sequel when that comes out in a couple years, uh, and like her comics are extremely popular because they're a lot of fun, and you know it's great to see that version of the character kind of really shine in a triple triple A video game. What do you think yeah. of uh, what you played? Yeah, so, well, the decision with Kamala Khan doesn't surprise me. You said suddenly. I would say it's been pretty consistent for the last couple of years because I've been hearing nothing, especially from you, nothing but great things about the comics with Kamala. No, yeah, of course. Um, It's just that she's not, like, she's a relatively new character. Like, she's less than 10 years old. I love how less than 10 years is a reference. Relatively new character. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, when, you, yeah, when you're, you're dealing with the, you know when you're dealing with the Avengers that have been around since the '60s and and the '40s and if and you know Captain America's case. Mm. So, but yeah, I've I've heard bits and pieces with uh, Miss Marvel for a while, so I've been very curious to see her in action. But so far with the game, I I really enjoyed it. The whole A Day stuff and watching ten year old Kamala Khan interact with not only the Avengers but assholes at the uh show <laughs> right so you're you're not a real fan then she shows them up and like you you're like ah oh, you're a freaking idiot get out of here <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know captain america giving her the nod there for standing up to the bullies and all, all this cool stuff i thought was, was very very nice and uh so and then we get to the game proper and that's sort of what i've consistently heard going into the game that the single player is great. It's everything after that, especially with the multiplayer that I've been hearing a lot of thumbs down on, especially with recent decisions that they've done, like all the new skins being purchases, like literal legit purchases that you have to do and whatnot. But yeah, uh, playing I I played as far as the frozen tundra level with Hulk and Kamala. Uh, Kamala, I thought, plays really really well. It's actually pretty in pretty cool on how she uses her powers with the embiggeting and whatnot. <laughs> uh, I played I played a lot of Hulk mainly because I have a friend who's also playing this game who hates playing as Hulk because he's saying <laughs> he keeps getting like destroyed with the Hulk. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of an, I, I, I kind of feel what he's saying um, because you know Hulk is, should be this indestructible force. You know, like it should take a lot to take down the fucking Hulk, but like you just get swarmed by two or three strong-ish robots or whatever that knock you <laughs> and they knock you out within a short in like short order it's like what the fuck <laughs> i'm the goddamn hulk <laughs> <laughs> but i've been uh, doing pretty well i make it a point to equip him with whatever whatever i can find so that might be yeah. one of the reasons i'm able to last as long as i have but uh I enjoyed Hulk. I love that so far with between Kamal and the Hulk, it's two different gameplay styles, which is wonderful. Yeah. And uh, I've been enjoying like bounding as the Hulk or <laughs> arm swinging with uh, Kamala and just like her their uh, interactions with stuff and what have you. Uh, the fight with Abomination was was great with the Hulk. I I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, only thing I will say uh, that's kind of a negative with uh, Kamala is so far, or uh, the hero worship she has for the Avengers gets a little much sometimes. But <laughs> aside from that, she's freaking awesome. She, yeah, I she's mean, a, to be fair, she's like a fifteen-year-old kid <laughs> who suddenly 
uh, entrenched with your heroes. Yeah, and uh, I don't know Tony Stark's password in the game. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How is everyone not hacked into this? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, otherwise everything has uh, been really, really cool. I, I I'm a little annoyed with. Uh, how long it takes to get certain characters in the game. Like I know that you get Captain America, like almost at the end of the game from what I understand. Yeah. Which is like a little much, but otherwise the story well, he's is presumed dead for most of it. So yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> you can uh, have like a uh, undead Captain America from that <laughs> one universe pop in. He can suck. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to go to some pretty extreme lengths uh, in the story there to, to get that. Oh, like you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you got to that point yet, or or you know how you get to that point. But I, I know how you get to that point. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, by the way, hey, like, going back to the extreme of let's disband the Avengers because they fucked up one time. <laughs> hey, but they go through the whole, well, the, you know, these people shouldn't have this much power. Let's go with this one, with this guy with this big head and let him have his <laughs> robots patrol the entire country. Right. <laughs> he essentially has ultimate power. Like yeah. they went from one extreme to another. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but nitpicks aside, you know, it's a comic book game. What are you gonna do? Uh, uh, it looks pretty good it, for the price I paid, especially. Like I feel this is a perfect game to wait till it goes on sale. In order to grab, I w- I yeah. recommend if you can get in that twenty five dollar range, I think that would be a good price for just a single player game alone. And hey, you can try the multiplayer, and if you enjoy it, great. <laughs> but the odds so far don't seem fantastic <laughs> for that. Yeah, I mean they've they've done an okay job, I guess. With the I mean, like the multiplayer stuff, which is you know, like if you're just doing purely multiplayer stuff, you're just going to be going to to the same few areas basically and just rounding up. And beating up the same robots, which isn't super compelling. <laughs> um, but you know they do; they have added like you know like story operations or what have you, um, where you know you get some actual cutscenes with actual character with actual new characters, uh, which is you know it's fun. Um, but the the kind of the, the grind, the gameplay loop of you know taking, because you know by the time you event you, you assemble all the Avengers, uh, and then you know post game want to do all that stuff. You know, it's basically like, all right, which one do you actually like playing with the most? Um, and then focus on leveling them up. Uh, like, I've got no real reason to go back to Black Widow <laughs> outside of the story, you know. Um, you know, just give me Iron Man or, or, or Miss Marvel, basically. Um, but, you know, they, like I said, those story operations are, are pretty neat. Like, they've added both Kate Bishop and, and Clint. Uh, as two different Hawkeyes, and you know they've both got their stories, um, and you know they're they announced um, you know Black Panther's coming to the game soon. Uh, they were still waiting on that Spider Spider Man stuff on PlayStation. Um, there's no timetable for that yet, unfortunately. But um, yeah, when those characters come, you know it's worth dipping back into and, and checking out uh, what those characters can do and seeing what you know stories they kind of. Uh, Wrote around why they're they're suddenly joining the game. I'm very curious what's going on with how they handle Spider-Man in the game, or if we'll even get there. Because every news story I read about this is players being outraged with the multiplayer. So. <laughs> 
I mean, uh, I don't know if we just had the chance to discuss it, but Anthem's already gone. Oh, is it gone? And, no. Yeah, yeah. They announced that no further updates are going to be done for the game. Oh, I thought that they finally shut it down. I'm like, yeah, they announced that a few months ago. Yeah, uh, I think they basically said, like, the game as it is right now is it. As yeah. far as the server, like, there's going to be no further updates. They had this whole plan for what they were calling Anthem Next. Yeah. That was going to hit, that was supposed to be lead it into the new frontier, but they're like, no, we're not doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, uh, so the game as you have it is the game as it is. And I forget if they announced how long they expect to keep the servers up for, but essentially that's it. You don't, don't expect any DLC updates like you would with like destiny or what have you, right. or in this case, Avengers. But, yeah, it's essentially dead in the water. So there is concern, I know, that we're never going to get that Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'm i sure there's enough money that exchange hands that, you know, they, come hell or high water, Spider-Man's coming. <laughs> um, but, you know, on the plus side is that, you know, these updates to the game, you know, they they have been free. Like the like the, the Hawkeye stuff, both Kate and Clint, um, I assume... Black Panther stuff and the Spider-Man stuff will be free as well. Um, like really, the money that you pay, any money that you pay is basically just to kind of accelerate you unlocking like cosmetic shit because there's really nothing to pay for <laughs> uh, yeah. otherwise. Yeah, and the whole you fight nothing but robots things is getting a little much. Like I thought that destiny two was kind of getting kind of dry with five enemy types. Right. <laughs> Let alone, especially you're, you're in the Marvel universe, man. You, you <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you have plenty of shit to choose from. <laughs> robots. He is robots. We we can have Hulk rip apart a robot. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is pretty awesome watching the Hulk do a finishing uh, move on a giant robot mm. that's the size of a tank. It's like, okay, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, I do wonder no, if do that's it. Do it twenty more it. times. It, that yeah, you know, like let's stick with robots because if we do anything graphic, like we can't have Hulk grab like two people and smash them together. <laughs> But he does. I mean, there are he does. Guys, he actually, you're like, right. It's not, it's not just robots. It's like it's you know, the aim soldiers. You know, the beekeeper suits or whatever. And you can grab people as the Hulk and like slam around like like he does Loki in the first Avengers movie. <laughs> and like they're just fine. They just like oh, I'm just gonna take a nap now. It's like no, you should be pulverized. <laughs> you should be hamburger. Like, like you're a normal dude, man. You're dumb. <laughs> it's one thing if it's the robots or whatever the fuck, but Jesus. Or an Asgardian god, for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, do you have anything uh, left to add on this one, man? Um, no, not really. I, I would recommend, like I, like we said, just getting it when it's on sale. Um, that PS5 version looks really nice. I, I've, I enjoyed looking at that game. <laughs> like, the character models are, are really great. Like, I've, like, we've gotten... I think most people have gotten over the... The kind of dollar store MCU versions <laughs> of uh, of the <laughs> Avengers in here, but yeah, like overall, like aside from what you might think of what their faces look like, like the character models do actually look pretty good. Um, so good stuff, I recommend yeah. it. 
if you get if it. If you're looking sale. for the physical copy, I can tell you that Target and Best Buy have it for twenty four ninety nine. So around where, where I was saying there. Nice. And I think Gamefly is currently having what they their annual spring cleaning sale. So I think you can even get an extra 10% off a game there. I, I don't know if they've got Avengers available there. But I always keep a game, uh, an eye on Gamefly. I, I buy a lot of games off of there. Because uh, those games are cheap. And they come with all the like all the DLC inserts that they put in the game. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, like, it's basically like buying a game now. All right, right on, right on. All right, um, let's see here. Oh, what else? Do you have anything else left, Ben? Uh, let's see. I mean, I played a little bit of It Takes Two with my friend. Oh, I was interested in that one. That, that yeah. one looks like it might be fun to play with the wife. <laughs> yeah, that game is uh, extremely fun. We haven't beaten it yet. Um, but it's made by Hazelight Games, uh, who made... Uh, and Joseph Farris, who, who who made you know a way out, uh, a couple years ago, and Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons before that, and mm. uh, it's it's the same deal as A Way Out, where it's co-op only. You have to have two players playing, uh, whether it's online or you know couch co-op. Um, like you cannot play that game by yourself at all. Like, <laughs> like there's just no option for it. Um, but the good thing is that only one person has to buy the game. Uh, so, like, if you want to play with on, online with somebody, um, like, one person buys the game, and the other person playing uh, for free just downloads what they call a, a buddy pass version of the game, which is the full game, and you, they could just play along the whole game for free. Um, the only difference is that the person playing for free doesn't unlock any achievements or trophies. Uh, but, you know, that's really not here nor there because the game itself is fun as hell <laughs> it's it's a really inventive little game uh like the setup for it is uh, pretty bittersweet i guess um you know it's it, it revolves around so what happens is that there's a young girl she's sad because her parents just told her that they're breaking up <laughs> um and you know she goes to play with these two little dolls outside and you know like she kind of like makes believe that they're her parents like oh you know, like, you know, she's kind of crying uh, and the tears like land on the dolls and they look like her parents. Uh, of course they do. Uh, and through magic, I'm just waving my arms here. <laughs> their consciences, their consciousness is, 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 <laughs> uh, are transferred into the, the those dolls uh, that the girl was playing with, you know, to kind of cope with what was happening. Um, and yeah, their only hope for returning to normal is to cooperate with each other. Uh, instead of fighting all the time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to survive the hazards around their own house and, you know, the kind of the environment that surrounds it, you know, like the, like, because they live kind of like near the woods. So, like, you'll end up in the woods and whatnot. And all of this is under the guidance of a talking couple stereo people <laughs> with a ridiculous Mexican accent. Um, <laughs> and it's all very silly, but the game itself is, uh, it's extremely inventive. You know, it's a lot of clever puzzles and platforming that, you know, requires a lot of actual thought between, you know, the two players. And, you know, none of the controls are, are so complicated that that you have to have a lot of experience playing games to really enjoy or get, or to get through. Uh, so, you know, it's like it's like you said, like a lot of people, like I know Sandra plays a lot of games herself, but like for someone, you know, with a partner that, you know, maybe doesn't play a lot of games, uh, you know, it's the game mechanics are simple enough that just about anybody can pick up and play them and enjoy. Uh, so I can see this 
being you know a very fun game to play you know with with an so uh, whether they play a lot of games otherwise or not hmm. like it's it's a lot of fun like like i said i've only we've only played a few hours of it but what we've played uh they've come up with a lot of clever stuff <laughs> um a lot of a lot of things that make you think like holy shit this was actually super fun <laughs> and inventive like each little section has, has been a treat mm. All right, excellent. I've been very curious about this one now. Going by the past games, one of two things will happen at the end. One, one of the parents will die or <laughs> will reveal they've been working with BFBI the entire time. One of the two. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, it was so good, though. <laughs> like, you saw that twist coming a mile away, but the way the actual end of that game, the, like the actual gameplay hook, it's like, oh, wow, this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, they do good work. This company, so I've been in a real big fan of the "fuck the Oscars" director there. <laughs> and uh, ever since I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this could be a fun one uh, to play with Sandra. And once we uh, get a little bit more, like I believe it's only like thirty nine ninety nine, right? Something like that, I believe so. And the game has been out for a couple of months, um, so I mean, it's not unreasonable to think it might go on sale soonish so we'll see we'll see it i'll put i'll put that on the wish list <laughs> all right anything uh, else you got on your end man um that's pretty much it that i've played all right so go through uh, so i have been playing some games despite the jaw issue <laughs> uh starting off here um of course, it wouldn't be a report without Destiny 2. Uh, <laughs> Destiny 2 uh, last Tuesday began its new season here, Season of the Splicer, which uh, I've been enjoying uh, immensely, and it's only been after only literally one day of it. Um, the The big hook here is you wake up, is essentially the city that, you, that the humans live in, also known as the last city, uh, wakes up and the sun is just gone, which is great. And you find out that one of the main enemy types, the the Vex, those are the machine robots that have are beginning a simulation where they finally figured out how how to wipe you guys out. Even though I think anyone could have guessed wiping out the sun would have taken care of it. <laughs> so you're trying to figure out how to get out of this simulation that the Vex have put you in. So you uh, seek uh, refuge in the aid of a fallen that's actually been an ally of yours called Mithrax. The fallen are actually one of the enemy types in the game. And essentially after finding him and his people, which include also baby fallen, which is probably the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> especially after seeing Mandalorian, uh, essentially a bombshell is dropped as essentially one of the, one of your captains are, are like, well, tell you what, if you help us out, you can stay in the city, you and all your people. So now there are fallen living in your city. And it's kind of a interesting story note because last season we, we found an alliance with the cabal, another enemy type uh, through uh, one of their, uh, through their new uh, king more or, or queen, uh, Keitel. So now we have an alliance with the Cabal, and now through Mithrax, we have an alliance of sorts with with Fallen. So it seems like this season is being built through uh, finding ways to uh, 
to seek alliances with the, these enemy types, even though there's still plenty of bad ones that we're pro still going to kill them off. But we've got it's about we've got a deal going on with Mithrax and his house, and uh, with them in the city, you actually was able to kind of interact with them, and you sort of get their perspective on the guardians or us. And it it was like pretty interesting, like listening to their scribe describe how they would have to put their kids to sleep, help they help their kids sleep at night by drawing these ruins on the walls, telling the kids that it'll uh, it'll keep the guardians away. Because keep in mind, to to them, we're these unstoppable killing machines <laughs> that can't be killed. And uh, listening to them, like you guys, basically because. In the game, the the whole mechanic of you die and you come back—that's like part of the powers of the guardians to sort of keep it out of out of the realm of being a video game type of thing. <laughs> right. But uh, but but with this one and listening to their like description on how we use the whole uh, eternal life thing, it's like like you guys have eternal life from the traveler and you're essentially killing each other for fun in the crucible or the or gambit or whatnot like it's like you, you guys so take that gift for granted and it's like oh she's kind of right <laughs> and uh you you see like a lot of setup for the story like because there's because they're already guardians that are not happy that uh that they're fallen now in the city and one one of which has a strong suspicion that they're going to turn, so they're getting ready to kill them. So you can already see where this is going to go, and they and for a, and the council is already thinking like a uh, of a spokesman for the fallen. So they pick end up picking Saint Fourteen, who became a legend by single handedly wiping out an entire an entire fallen house by himself. So it's like I'm trying to. <laughs> it would be like uh, John Rambo becoming a spokesperson for people in the Middle East, or <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, dude, like, so it's there. There's a lot of volatile stuff that's placed that's put in place in just the first week because we're getting a new story beat every Tuesday, is how the season works. So we'll get at least quite a few uh, weeks of it. So. Just from a lore perspective, uh, I see this uh, season as a home run. Then there's all the weapons. Like the new weapons are really cool. They found they figured out some new exclusive perks that'll start dropping with these weapons that make things things even better. Like there's one where if you throw a grenade and the depending on the number of enemies you kill, you get like bonus damage and whatnot, which it's kind of a no-brainer. You got ones where or like precision headshots make people explode into solar damage, which if they're paired up with dragonfly, it makes the explosions even bigger. And the weapons all look cool and futuristic, and I, I dig the armor too, So, which is the most important thing. Plus we got this new six-player event called Override, which uh, essentially you jump into a Vex simulation, you guys all work together to take out enemies, and... Uh, get to the end and it's like a fun fun little aside six player event that was needed especially after uh, the menagerie disappeared uh, just before this last seat this last uh, big season kicked in so 
And by big season, I mean the new DLC drop. So I've been enjoying it immensely. I put, I've got to one of these days check how many hours I've put into this game because I put in a lot. And uh, I've been immensely, immensely enjoying this game so far. So, oh, I'll, and I'll probably continue too. So I'm very much looking forward or to that. Very nice. But anyway, Joe, people, let's be honest, I'm the only one who cares about Destiny 2. <laughs> people really want to hear about what I, my thoughts are on this next game. This little indie title called Resident Evil 8. <laughs> and now for those of you who may not remember, uh, I, am qu- I was quite the fan of Resident Evil 7. Uh, back when it dropped back in 2017, I'm pretty sure I voted for that game in our game of the year ter- of the year tournament through every round, and until it eventually was booted out. I forget by whom, but it did. I know it did not win that year. Uh, but I love the return to form to to the survival horror, and especially first person, which just helped you get into the shoes of poor Ethan Winters, who's essentially the John McClane of the video game world honestly like especially going like you go look through everything he goes through he gets he just gets the crap kicked out of him (laughs) through not only this not only through uh seven but also eight as well and this poor schmuck just like john mcclain he just gets up and he's like all right well this has to i have to do this if i want to save my family (laughs) and it is just and uh you fall in love with that character uh, I know Joe has said that you play Super Mario World, uh, Super Mario World at least once every year, just because you're a fan of that game. I play through seven once a year as well, just because of how much I enjoyed that game as well. And so, I was a little apprehensive with eight because it looked like it was going through uh, through more of a Resident Evil Four deal because there's a lot more. There's definitely a lot more gunplay. There's definitely a lot more enemies that you have to contend with throughout this game. And I was worried, like, okay, we're going to lose that survival horror stuff. And it's just going to become, like, we're, we're headed back to 7. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> or headed back to 6, excuse me. But I can happily tell you, Joe, that that is not the case. Like, grant, granted, there you are going to be fighting a lot more enemies and whatnot. But it still feels like a survival horror. Like there were multiple levels where my bullets were like low and I was like, fuck, what am I going to (laughs) do? And, uh, and so that, that survival horror element is still there. Granted, we are headed towards that territory. Like where Ethan is, you know, we saw this with Chris, like one moment he's like in a mansion, he's trying to survive. And, Oh, how, how is he going to be able to handle things? And then the next minute, he's punching a boulder at the <laughs> final boss. We're not quite at... Ethan's not punching any boulders, at least as far as I, I've uh, played so far. I am, just to give, it a, to give it a perspective, I'm at... I'm literally at the final boss. If I had woke up a little earlier, I could have potentially beaten the game before doing this recording. But I've essentially played through... A vast majority, I would say, like ninety-five percent, if not more, of the game. Name here, so I can definitely do a do a uh, review here. Uh, I love this game, Joe. I love it <laughs> so much. 
Like they do a lot of things right. Granted, it's once again, you're in this uh, third world village trying to figure out what's going on. But the mystery of what's going on with Ethan's kid and why why she's in in the village village is compelling it's still a resident evil game so you're gonna get all the grotesque stuff but i love what this series has become like i believe i said this with seven as well where you can see so many elements of other horror movies in the levels and the bosses and whatnot that uh, it sort of comes off as a to me a love letter to horror and there's more of that in this one. Like, you've already seen her in all the trailers, of course. Lady D, or uh, the uh, the the tall woman, as she's called. Yes. Uh, she's essentially like an homage to vampires and whatnot. And it's her, not only her, but her entire level. And witches as well, from uh, what you see here with her daughters as well. Though that's actually more of more vampires, but they have a very interesting take on the vampires that makes it very unique. Her, their entire level is so amazingly and intricately designed, and the puzzles are some of the best puzzles I've experienced in uh, a Resident Evil game. And the final fight with her is very memorable. I enjoyed it immensely. And here's the thing. The advertising... There are other bosses in this game, that the advertising is focusing so much on Lady D that they're gonna hit you out of nowhere. You're <laughs> you're not gonna be ready. Like I say, you like Joe's gonna play this game, but <laughs> but the if you do sit down and play this game, they're gonna hit you out of left field. Like the, you you will not see them coming. Like the boss after her is easily for in my opinion the biggest highlight out of this whole out of the whole game like everything that they do there is just what the fuck like it it is so fantastic the boss after that is also just as memorable like i wish i could i this is one of the reviews that i wish i could go into detail i really do but uh, the uh the everything with the bosses like i can see so many notes and whatnot and they're all of them are so memorable that one of the biggest complaints that I've seen from reviews of the game is that uh, is that there not enough time is given to them. Like they come in and they're so awesome, but they're already gone before you know it. Which is something, which is a complaint that I don't recall ever seeing with a Resident Evil game. <laughs> and it's like it wasn't until, in my opinion, aside from Wesker, that's the big the big one. But aside from Wesker and the Bakers, I feel like those are the most memorable bad guys in the history of the franchise, is which the Bakers were the bad guys from 7. And 8, I feel like all five of the big bads here are actually really, really well done and really, really well written. And each of them are memorable and really and their levels especially work in conjunction with them to make them just as memorable. And it feels like a different style of horror every single time and i am i am over the moon with it and uh <laughs> i without giving it away some of the story beats in here like this is one of the, like resident evil all of a sudden has really good stories that's kind of crazy when you sit back and think about it. <laughs> like everything on here and 
there are little chestnuts throughout the game where it actually he ties into like the first couple of games and just oh it, it's so good like i'm kind of rambling right now i'm sorry <laughs> but but i've been playing it with the wife and a lot of the moments have just been big drop jaw dropping moments here not just with oh what the hell is that but also like oh my god they went there with this <laughs> and and it actually explains a lot of the stuff that uh that you may have been wondering the game in which I can't reveal because that would be kind of giving it away in a moment. But um, a lot of the, a lot of the boss fights feel like final boss fights like a, that I would have felt would have experienced in the earlier Resident Evil games. Like all of the boss fights stand out that much. All the levels are very well designed and quite memorable and different takes on things like in the past. If you've played like the past Resident Evil games, you know, typically they have go-tos as far as level designs. Like, you, you pretty, you're you pretty sure you're going to have a cave level of some kind in one of these games because caves are creepy. And uh, I feel like that, and at some point you're like, okay, but can we have like a different take on a cave level? And I can tell you there's a take on a cave level where they uh, turned it into something that I was not expecting that like, oh, I, I kind of want to do it. I wish Joe <laughs> Joe would play this game because I want to do a spoiler cast of this game so badly. But uh, they do they take it in a direction I was not expecting, and it is one of the most freaky-looking things I've ever seen. Like, there's, like, a lot of that. But um, as far as, like, negative things to say, let me see what I wrote down here. Uh, but just, a, like, uh, the RE engine is slowly but surely becoming one of the best engines I've ever seen. Like, granted, Resident Evil 7, I kind of akin the skin with some of the characters to Simpsons skin, where it was like a weird color. Like, even when you see in one of the DLCs where you see the bakers as normal human beings, it, they still look a little weird. <laughs> but in 8, it's really starting to come together. Like, the people are starting to look more like people granted there's some people where it looks like it's like the skin of a person like stretched over a skeleton but which i know is generally people in general but you, you'll see what i mean especially up close but for the most part everybody looks like what they're supposed to do uh there are there are instances where stuff just pops into the screen suddenly like you'll be walking down a direction and few trees in the background just suddenly pop in there or <laughs> extra grass just pops in there out of nowhere. So, but you know, that, that that's like supreme nitpicking in there, but, <laughs> uh, speaking of the RE engine, uh, what, do, do you know what RE stands for in the RE engine? Welcome. What would you suppose that stands for? <laughs> well, if I had to put money on it, I would assume resident evil. Incorrect. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's right, Malcolm. Uh, I, I learned this uh, about a month ago, and I, I lost my mind when I heard about it because I was like, wait a minute. Because, you know, this engine has been used primarily for Resident Evil games. Uh, you know, Monster Hunter Rise on Switch that just came out is on runs on the engine as well, But and, and Devil May Cry 5, but, you know, it's powered RE7, R, the RE2 and 3 remakes, this now. Uh, so you would assume, yes, it stands for Resident Evil. No, sir. 
Could you, give me one educated guess what you think it might stand for, if not for Resident Evil. Uh, I, really I, I guarantee you will get it wrong. <laughs> okay, so it's not re- really evil. <laughs> no. Uh, mm. And I promise you, whatever guess you, you make is going to be way off the mark. Really exceptional. Nope. <laughs> it stands for Malcolm. And now hold on to your hat here. <laughs> it stands for Reach for the Moon. What? Yeah. RE stands for Reach, as in the first two letters in the word Reach, <laughs> and then for the Moon. It's really stupid. I, I was like, what? what, what? Okay, that's, sure. Sure. That's not even how abbreviation <laughs> It's not. It's not. But that's... Uh, uh, yeah, I just okay. I was like, yeah, I was like, sure, whatever, Capcom. As long as you're putting, putting as long as you're making excellent games with the fucking engine, you can name it whatever stupid thing you want. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that explains why the logo for it is a hand reaching for the moon. Yes, but... yes, and that's exactly what it stands for. But come on, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's stupid. It's the stupidest thing I've heard in a long time. Okay, yeah. Again, I, I agree with you. As long as they're making good games, then whatever. But come on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little bit dumbfounded by that. <laughs> I've like, thrown you for a fucking loop, haven't I? Like, I, I honestly thought it was Resident <laughs> Evil I Engine. Cause... So too, because it's all, except for DMC5. Uh, and Monster Hunter Rise that came out like a month ago. It's almost all Resident Evil games <laughs> that have been coming out on the engine. Yeah, it's what you most closely associate with the engine. It's like, <laughs> God, God damn. Uh, wow. Chew on that, Marco. All right, well, I take it back. This game is awful. It gets a one out of ten. <laughs> it's stupid engine. <laughs> Uh, all right, since we've talked about it a bit, uh, enemy design. Uh, so I'll keep it mainly to stuff we've seen in the trailers here, but all all the enemies here are, re- are really well done. Like uh, the Lankertropes uh, or the Werewolves are for- are actually really do come across as a force of nature, as in, you know, they, good luck. Uh, it's not, they're not going to come just right at you. They'll actually strafe around and they can be, a pain, but not too much of a pain, depending on the difficulty se- setting, of course, that you pick in order to hit. Uh, each one, each enemy has its own uh, own uh, special strategy for it. Like uh, the werewolves, you'll want to aim for the head because they have a high likelihood of their heads exploding. Uh, a little pro tip here, and we've seen these in the trailers as well, but the uh, actual zombies, uh, you actually want to, I recommend actually hitting in the leg. Because one, their heads don't explode for whatever reason. But if you shoot them enough time in the leg, they'll they'll oftentimes will fall to a knee and then look at you and sort of roar. But And as they're roaring, you can get off multiple headshots and probably put them down before they stand back up again. <laughs> and and plus, it keeps them uh, far away from you, which is the name of the game. So that mm. that's one. And a lot of the enemies look really freaky. And uh, which is what you want from a Resident Evil game, and 
a lot of a lot of the stuff that uh, you do in order to take him out is that is really super memorable. This, this is we've talked about quite a few games that we recommended waiting to go on sale. Buy this game if it's on Game Pass, then hooray for you. But if you're on PS5 like me, by all means, you. you purchase this game with at full price knowing that you're getting a great experience here uh, i am really elated that that capcom did it again with resident evil and put out another game that's like super memorable like the resident evil franchise is kind of the chris jericho of franchises when you think about it please elaborate all right <laughs> well the main thing that chris jericho likes to point out that he knows to do is that he'll change his character when it's necessary so he doesn't become stale so like if you think about early resident evil games they had the whole thing where it was for lack of a better term third person but you were looking at a specific scene and you were just moving around on the character as needed and then it updated itself with four to become true third person where you're looking over the shoulder and whatnot. It became more action oriented. It now granted it got progressive. It got, got from acceptable in from where it was in four to, okay, get the hell out of here with six where it just became a full on action game. <laughs> and then in seven, we've gone to third for, to first person and they're just, and it's back to full horror and leaning away from action, which is once again pretty impressive that they knew how to do that because everyone uh, go- looks at six as the worst entry in the franchise. Is but let's not forget that that six broke broke for the longest time had the highest selling game in Capcom history for the longest time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, being if you want to be like super specific probably being beaten out by uh, some form of street fighter 2 if you're combining all of them but for the longest time it was like the highest grossing selling game of all time for him even even i bought it and never opened it i just <laughs> knew to buy it <laughs> but uh but they uh they saw what people were saying and they're like okay let's go to the drawing board and they came out with seven and it it was fantastic and uh I'm happy to hear that it's that the game is has sold well, which Joe Joe jokingly said to me like, "Oh, a big franchise like Resident Evil sold well. How about that?" I was like, "But no, what you said was like, oh, we're definitely getting a sequel now." I was like, "Well, obviously." <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, but I, I've been really pleasantly surprised by this game and thoroughly enjoy it. It, I'm happy to see that it still knows what it's doing, and I, this this game is definitely up there. I'm pro, I'm going to be replaying it quite a bit just to unlock all the uh, extra stuff, like you can unlock unlimited ammo and whatnot, just to peruse through the game. But uh, I, I highly recommend it. Nice. Um, now, I very famously tapped out of Resident Evil Seven pretty early because I'm a giant wuss. <laughs> uh, would I have any problem getting through this game, Malcolm? Would, would this would this be any higher or lower on the on the spooky meter? Hmm. That's a tough call because unsu- 
Here's the thing. Like, if you were to ask me which one I like more, I would I would have to get back to you on that. Just like now, for me, as far as scariness, uh, gun to my head, I would still lean towards more seven because the whole setting, the whole chainsaw massacre setting with the family and whatnot, I find and uh, in in all, I find it a little bit more spooky. Like the setting, especially in seven, I find a little bit more spooky as opposed to the dilapidated uh, village mm. motif. Now, I still with with the village though, I would still say you still get this feeling that anything could happen, which is a big one. And they are very and the specific levels. Like uh, the one thing with uh, seven, for the most part, you feel like everything takes place in this one house, but there are sections of the village that feel like completely different levels from one another. Mm. Like one, like one is in uh, one. They have areas where it's like that's essentially a water level, or you'll have. Like, <laughs> oh no! Do I have to equip my boots on and off, like in no Ocarina of Time? <laughs> No, not quite like that. You, you, <laughs> you don't want to go in the water, but <laughs> uh, you'll have like, uh, sec- like uh, you'll have a section that's uh, like a haunted house. Like it's each one, and each one feels different. Like the gameplay is different, and uh, there are certain situations that happen in each one that I would put in its own category of scariness. Like I would still say, like. Hmm. Part of me would recommend just watching a, a Let's Play. Preferably, I, I can give you a link. Uh, there, there's this one one uh, YouTube channel I know that'll just play the game and won't talk over it and be annoying like certain <laughs> certain uh, <laughs> players will be. So you can sort of get that full experience and you can judge for yourself if you can handle it or not. But yeah, I would say seven is a little more is a little spookier, but there are some really, really big moments in eight, eight at the same time. Mm. All right, fair enough, man. So, uh, and uh, you just you mentioned that like the best way to like take down certain enemies, like the zombies, was basically shoot them in the leg and then shoot them in the head when they're down. Like, how much ammo is, is laying around? Uh, this game that you can pump <laughs> a bunch of lead into, <laughs> into an enemy like that. I think the it, to describe it in a word enough, like if you like, keep in mind I'm going in there with a strategy, and you should be fine. I'm also there's also quite a few different weapon types. There's shotguns, there's sniper rifles, there's, uh, there's uh, grenade launchers. And then, like, more powerful versions of them throughout the game. And, of course, the trusty old Magnum. Uh, And, uh, of course, and in this one, there is a merchant who's called the Duke, who's this really awesome, jolly old fat man. And uh, as well as selling you new weapons and uh, new bits to upgrade them with, he can just straight up upgrade them so he can make your handgun even more powerful so they take less bullets to take out an enemy. Or uh, he'll also he'll also have recipes because throughout the game you'll find like animals like pigs, chickens, and fishes and whatnot. And if you kill those uh, if you kill those uh, items or if you kill those animals, you'll get their meat, and then you can give them to the duke, who can then uh, 
get you like special upgrades like uh you take less damage when you block or you get more health health uh, permanently so it takes more to kill you uh, but getting back to your original question uh throughout the if you if you know where to shoot and have good aim you should be fine you'll be all right however there there like i said there were instances where even where i knew what i was doing i would get swarmed and before you know it i was or i'd come across a really tough mini boss and then i would be back to nothing again and you can get ammunition in one of three ways you can find it in the level uh, other pro tip when you come to like a new room uh, it'll if you look at your map it'll show up as red if you see it the room in red that means there's something in that room you haven't found yet oh shit and uh, once you find everything the room then turns blue and then you can move on this is what I was saying earlier when I said I'm one of those completionists who who wants to find everything there and if you can't find something on a shelf or on the ground I recommend looking up because sometimes you'll see something sparkling on the wall and that means shoot it it'll then fall to the ground and then you can pick it up. And it's usually a diamond that you can sell for more money or lay as it's called, which you can then use to upgrade your weapons or buy new stuff. But you can find bullets like in a room. You can also craft it. There's a crafting system you can use to create bullets or for your various guns, or uh, you can just buy them from the Duke. Now the Duke will sell out so don't think that you can just buy bullets from the duke infinitely like eventually he'll <laughs> say okay i'm out of bullets and you won't have new bullets again until you start like a new level okay but from what i've uh, experienced so far there have been times where i've been like low like i'll get into like the uh 20 or 10s and bullets and whatnot and i've had to like figure out other other ways of uh of dealing with enemies like i'll switch to my sniper rifle for a little bit until i get that number back up or something like that but uh or and but there was just enough that i was able to uh get through now keep in mind once again i was playing on standard now if you're looking if joe might have a different experience where he's like shit i'm out of bullets again like <laughs> uh however if you are looking for more of a challenge there's literally multiple multiple uh, difficulty levels like hardcore or village of shadows which is the most difficult level where good luck like <laughs> like a uh, village of shadow it's actually recommended that you unlock some of the special weapons before taking on Damn. on that level so it's like <laughs> Don't it's, like do your uh, unlocks carry over on new playthroughs or something or yes oh okay and there's also a special menu that opens up after you beat beat the game the first time where you can actually spend money on special guns that you typically wouldn't fire find in the game that you can then use uh, during your norm during a normal playthrough and whatnot this is and this is also where you can purchase infinite ammo and stuff like that so you can play through in the game and you can turn it on and off once you buy it so it's not like once you buy it now tough you got unlimited ammo now deal with it <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah like i would say there's just enough ammo to make it feel like a challenge now granted there's also a casual level if you just i you're like i just want to play through the game man so you can you've got that option too okay and I'm looking at the game on Amazon here. The Deluxe Edition seems to include it. 
in the, its own difficulty level, exclusive to the deluxe edition, uh, max difficulty. Ah, uh, that that would be uh, that is uh, Village of Shadow. I, that makes sense because I purchased the deluxe edition uh, from the PSN store. Ah, it was, okay. yeah, it was like ten bucks more, and yeah, uh, and you get that. I believe you get a soundtrack. Uh, you get like special. Uh, options you can play through in the game and you also get a samurai x gun which is a handgun where it's not as powerful as the uh first gun you start off with but it has a significantly higher rate of fire so in the time it would take you to shoot one bullet you could shoot like two or three okay so in the end it'll end up doing more damage especially if you can hit consistently on one spot okay i got you and the game does seem to be on sale for the Xbox version, at least on Amazon. Ooh. Fifty bucks instead of sixty. Is it not on Game Pass? It's not. They put Resident Evil Seven on Game Pass about a month ago, I think. Oh, good on Capcom there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's funny. I I, I assumed. Well, every, everything I kept hearing was coming to Game Pass, so I assumed it was on <laughs> Game Pass as well. I mean, I guess eventually it'll end up on Game Pass someday, but I wouldn't count on it being anytime soon. Like, like you said, um, what is it? Resident Evil Seven was what the 2017 game that only put, mm-hmm. put on Game Pass about a month or so ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I did check it before I, I talked about it. It was 2017. Good lord, four years? No, five years it took to get to Game Pass. Go. No, it's four years. We didn't skip a year, Malcolm. No, no, let's not get crazy. <laughs> Yep, you're right, four years. Okay. <laughs> like, hold on, what? You weren't, you weren't out that long. <laughs> Still regaining some senses, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I haven't beaten the game yet. Uh, the, the, the ending would have to be pretty terrible for me to end up not liking this game. Yeah, judging by people's reactions to the game, uh, having people have beat it, I doubt that that's going to be the case for you. <laughs> Yeah, so it is as it is right now. This is my game of the year. Granted, uh, my ability to play other games hasn't been spectacular this year, <laughs> but as it stands right now, this has been one of the best surprises. I have been just like I did with Seven. I've been playing it uh, with the wife, meaning she's in the room watching me play it because she's not unlike you, Joe. She's like, you know, I could never play one of these games myself. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, it's been it's been quite an experience, so I, I highly recommend it. Very good, sir. Yeah, Capcom's just been crushing it, huh? <laughs> yeah, freaking it. Like ever since uh, seven, I, I forget if Resident Evil Seven or Devil May Cry Five came out first. Uh, but no, uh, Resident Evil came out first. Yeah, I would say like Resident Evil Seven, then the, the remake of Resident Evil Two and Three. And then uh, the Devil May Cry Five, and and, pe- yeah, and, and people the, are going nuts for Monster Hunter Rise on Switch. Yeah, Monster Hunter World too. Monster Hunter World was like broke records for Christ's sakes. Yeah, like, I'm on like, Capcom's page right now. Um, they've got Monster Hunter World listed as their best-selling game ever uh, by a pretty good margin. <laughs> Resident Evil Seven was their second best-selling game at eight and a half million. Uh, mm. Resident, and Monster Hunter World is at 16, almost 17 million <laughs> units. Ooh. And they, inc- and they conclude uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne as a separate 
uh, release, and that's number six on, on their all-time list. Of God damn! At seven point two million. Uh, like, what's the what's their top five looking at? Looking all right, top like five: at? It's Monster Hunter World. Like I said, at double <laughs> Resident Evil Seven was at number two. Uh, Resident Evil Two Remake is number three. Uh, Resident Evil Five is number four, and then Resident Evil Six at number five. God damn. And by all accounts, I think, let's see, according, I'm looking this up right now. Monster Hunter Rise on Switch, uh, through March 31st, so, I mean, eesh. So, we're talking about, this is like over about a month old, I guess. Damn. Um, yeah, but even then, like, it's already the company's best-selling single-platform game ever. <laughs> uh, at over 6 million units for Monster Hunter Rise. Uh as far as eight, I know that the UK charts did right. It's number one for May right now. Right. Uh, now they did say that uh, that it didn't sell as much as as uh, seven did. However, they did point out that a lot more people since four years ago are buying their stuff digitally, and the their records aren't keeping track of that. Right. So, well, certain publishers we- include that. Stuff or not, uh, I think Capcom includes digital sales in in their data here. Yeah, because yeah, under platform for like Monster Hunter World, for example, it says platform PS4, Xbox One, PC, and then DL. So I assume that is, that stands for download. Now, is eight even on that list yet? Or no, they haven't they haven't updated it with with either Monster Hunter Rise or, or RE8. But I assume within like a month or so they'll. They'll be on this page near the top. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, but yeah, this is this is a home run. Like, if you're a Resident Evil fan, and like, I will say, like, with Seven, my one complaint about it was I loved everything with the Bakers and their house, but there comes a point in the game where it just felt where I was just like, okay, now it's a Resident Evil game, like. <laughs> And I hate for that to sound derogatory, but it felt like that's where like it sort of went went to eleven with uh, some with the creatures and uh, the and bits of the story. But I feel with eight, they've mastered taking all this new stuff that they've been working with and blending it perfectly with what Resident Evil is known for, and it worked, and it works completely. So, oh, bravo! If this is where we're at with eight, I can't wait to see where they go with nine. Uh, it... <laughs> uh, I, I saw a pretty funny meme about that. I'll send it to you right now. Right. I think I think you'll love where they go where they might go with Resident Evil Nine. <laughs> I just I just texted you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That is a bit of the. I was saying that is a bit of it because I don't know if, as I'm sure uh, this person and you have noticed, the hot new ticket is uh, hiding the Roman numeral for the sequel within the subtitle of the, of the, of the next game. So I'm trying to figure out how are they going to incorporate IX into, (laughs) into the name. Well, that's simple, Malcolm. It's Resident Evil 6. <laughs> Highlighting the IX. 
got. But did you have any other questions for me on this one, man? Uh, no, no. I, I think we pretty much covered it. All right. And unless you got anything else to add on this one, on uh, th- for this one episode, buddy? Um, I do not, sir. All right, folks. That does it for episode 226 of the firmware update. I know this has sort of become a uh, running gag here, but we are going to try. We, we, we always try. I want to stress <laughs> it took two jaw surgeries and a hospital stay to keep me away from you guys this long. But we are going to try to and if, make. <laughs> and if we can't try, we'll try to try. Indeed. And if I die, Joe will report it and he has my blessing to find a new partner <laughs> folks <laughs> uh thank you for, well, so much for joining us i took a grim turn <laughs> <laughs> hey my luck so far this year <laughs> uh folks thank you so much for your continued patience and support of the show as you know you can follow us on such apps as itunes store Pocket Cast, one of our personal favorites, and as well as uh, Google Play. And we are working on getting ourselves on uh, Amazon as well, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you can, a five-star written review greatly helps us appear on more on more or uh, more stuff for iTunes, so we greatly appreciate that there. Uh, you can follow me at PSMouth for myself, at Wands23 for Joe, and at the firm up for the show and hey we've got a web page thefirmup.com feel free to check us out you can get a hard copy of the file if you need to download it directly and joe from time to time will write it write an article there so feel free to enjoy that and as well as we've got a facebook page firmware update a podcast uh if you give us a thumbs up on there that greatly helps us out as well and joe is there anything else i'm forgetting uh we have an email address you can send oh. Email us to mailbag at thefirmup.com. We will read whatever you write to us. <laughs> whatever. Indeed. No matter how rambling, just somebody write us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Any questions about our opinions on certain, certain games or in general, feel free to write in. We'll read it here on the show. All right, folks, thanks so much for your time. We will see you next time. Adios. <laughs>